live on WVOA 87.7 FM with hosts Tina Bennett and Karen Kinsadian and Richard Foley. Uh, Karen, that's me and Tina. We are attorneys practicing family law in central New York. And uh, we, we often bring opposing views and sometimes we agree with each other, but often opposing views on uh, legal on issues that affect the legal system and our, our practices, clients in the court system. Tina's got an office in Syracuse. She's got an office in Canastota. You can reach her at 315-407-3237. Dads, if you want an excellent family court lawyer. Tina's family practice focuses primarily on father's rights in custody disputes. She, it's not just an area law for Tina. What you have to understand about her is this is how she practices law, passionate about the issues. She's an advocate for fathers inside and outside the courtroom. You might find her at a rally or an event promoting fathers' rights, legislation, and other things that address inequities that she perceives are pervasive in the court system. I have a main office located in New Hartford, and I have another office in Syracuse, and you can reach me at 315-724-2900. I also have a focus in my practice on family law and custody disputes, also divorce. I also do labor and rights in the workplace, discrimination, other lawsuits. I have been an attorney for 35 years, and I like to think I got a lot to say on this show. Uh, From time to time, however, you will hear opinions. Tina's, mine, and other people, please don't rely on them. This is just our opinion. This show can be construed as legal advertising. If you do have a legal issue, call one of us. Call an attorney of your choice. Don't rely on what you hear here. This is just for general information purposes and our opinions. I don't want to forget to mention our host, Rick Foley. He is a professional tile installer whose business is located in Phoenix, New York. You can reach him at 315-416-2800. Richard sets himself apart with his work in many ways, not the least of which is he is an expert designer, can create a mood in any room, as well as doing highly excellent uh, professional work. Tina, what are we doing today? We have a few things to talk about. And I think Rick needs to lead it off. So, But we have two people, two guests today to give their their perspective of what we're going to talk about today. We've got Bob in the studio with us, and we also have Maria. And I know Rick likes to do his Facebook Lives, but I'm going to ask Maria. No, Maria can grab it in and spin it around and do her thing and show everybody what we're doing right now. But we're going to start off with a sad topic. Rick, you need to, like, come towards the mic and hand over your phone to Maria. Start off with uh, something that happened that affected the three of us. We're starting, yeah, go ahead, Frank. I mean, we had a rough week. Yeah, we had a rough week. Uh, Our guest that would appear on a regular, a good friend of ours, uh, he was tragically killed by getting blown off a building. And that kind of was unexpected, and Frankie played a big part in. Very tragic all of our lives so because rick's a contractor he we wanted to start off talking about being safe on a job or being safe at home can i just say a few words about frankie and i think i think rick would like to because they had an amazingly close relationship he was a wonderful guy he was only 33 years old a terrific father fought for his rights super dad um his child was his world she knew it he knew it 
wonderful family. Uh, mother is the salt of the earth. And uh, from everything I understand from Rick, he did excellent construction work. And he was um, one of the best friends anyone could ever have. Yeah, exactly. He will be so missed by so many people. And I'm so sorry this happened. It's just horrific. But that, that's what Rick, why we asked Rick to talk about a few things of what can happen. Right, and if you know Frankie, I mean, I think maybe some of his family members are listening or friends. This Monday, they're going to have church services at Mohawk Valley Church in Utica. Oh, thank you. Beginning at 10 o'clock in the morning. But we all plan on being there early for it. And we saw Frankie's mom yesterday and the cousin AJ. So, and they are suffering. This is the very, very difficult time. I, I just got to say this, you know, um, uh, my heart goes out to his family. We hope you're with us, Frankie, in spirit, if not, if not here. So, anyway, Rick, what can um, you tell us about what happened? Everybody needs to get a will. How's that? Let's start. We'll with start that. with that. Let's that start with that. Um, we'll go right to the legal. Get a will, really. It does make things a lot less complicated. You can't, it, it, no offense to anybody, but you can't put the burden on the people that are suffering because you're gone forever, you know? You, you can't do that to people. Um, so take care of your business. Uh, besides all that, yeah, there's going to be services for Frankie uh, Tuesday. Monday, Monday, tomorrow at 10 o'clock at Mohawk Valley Church. But the reason I, I put Rick on this and is because even I yell at Rick all the time. Rick, my husband, being reckless as a contractor. Well, as a contractor, thinking he doesn't need to protect himself, right? In certain areas, yeah. It's just the thing that you get, you get lazy. And that's what that stuff's there for, is, is for safety. And you really need to be safe. And explain to people, even if you're, if you're doing work on your home, what can happen, Rick? It's the simple things, and it's, that's a lot of injuries happen in people's homes where people decide they're going to be the home contractor and start doing things, and they're not used to the technique of holding a circular saw or, 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 or drilling a hole through a wall and realize that you just drilled into some power wires or, you know, there's, there's a lot of things out there that can get you. It's hazardous type of work. Um, what kind of, um, Rick, what kind of protective equipment do you recommend? Uh, in doing, uh, you know, certain types of work uh, around your own house or for somebody else? Gloves, safety glasses. Um, a lot of times you're going to want to wear a long sleeve shirt. What about if you're working, um, like, on a building that's, uh, you know, more than a story? Well, first of all, you should probably not be up there. That's why there's people out there that do that kind of thing. Why would you take that upon yourself to go up on a roof like that? There's guys that can repair your roof, there's guys that can clean your gutters, uh, fix a leak, uh, put a new roof on your house, or put an antenna up. You do not need to be going up there. That's not something that you do. You don't expect people to go to work and do the work of a doctor. The doctor should not be up on the roof doing someone else's job. I think tri tree trimming too. I've, I've heard of a lot of accidents that you, people just, you know, like to climb their tree and just trim and they don't they don't realize the technique that's involved and how, how many accidents can occur uh, and lethal accidents you can fall you can get you know hit by the branch it, it, there truly is a skill set 
to a lot of these trades that are out there, whether you're trimming trees or you're repairing a roof or putting, replacing a window or anything to that nature. It's a particular skill set. People are trained in that particular area. Um, it's their, and there's a reason their... for this. We even have an entire department called OSHA that, that exactly. regulates these things, and there's a reason for that, right, right? And, 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 and it's, it's cut and dry. Uh, everybody out there knows that if you're trying to find a contractor, yeah, you can probably find a contractor, find a good contractor. The trades are suffering, um, and, and you have people out there that uh, are uninsured, uh, uneducated in the type of work that they're going to be doing. I just got a, I got a message from a friend of mine. I just want to touch base on this real quick while we're on this. Um, I went to these very nice people's home and spent a couple hours the first time talking with them. And I had to go back and uh, have a little talk with her again about some different types of material that she wanted to choose. And so I had some time invested into this. And uh, when I gave them the price that I would charge them, um, kind of shocked them. But uh, I'm legit. I have expenses and insurance and things of that nature. So uh, my pricing is my pricing. Um, and they said that it must have been too much for them. And they ended up going with someone else. Well, well, but well, hang the, on. But I'm that's sorry. why I, we're going to jump in in a minute here. I got I got this message from this guy last night that knows these people. And uh, and like I said, no offense, but now they got some guy over there. What would have taken me eight days to do. Has now been going into their second month. He, he's already got half the money, and he he's uh, he shows up spotty at, at best. So, but we know that's like a trend with some contractors. <laughs> they they is. lowball jobs, and because they lowball jobs, they take ten jobs and they spend an hour at each one. And they don't and, finish. And they never finish. I I handle so many field so many calls from people that have hired contractors that are five grand and more into it and they have not finished the job, they don't show up, can't be found. You'd be amazed, you've gotta be really, really careful. It's frustrating, it really is frustrating because then when be. I show up, I'm that next guy in line that's gonna come up to, to your door and try to be polite to you. Right. And you're gonna have this whole mindset already in place. I'd like to just just throw another angle at this if, if that's all right sure. there's a whole nother legal angle at this that the owner thinks they're saving money but in many cases an owner is going to be liable if something happens so you're hiring these uninsured non non-skilled laborers and and maybe even if they are skilled they're not utilizing proper safety equipment and owners can be held almost strictly liable depending on the type of accident that occurs oh. or the general general contractor on the job and right but absolutely. remember if you're a homeowner you are the general, are contract. the general contract absolutely so speaking let's go back to my husband where we talk about just freak accidents let's talk about the time I was gonna take Butch to get his get a car wash for my own dog oh, and I get right. a call that I poked a vein yeah right. and what happened there thank it God you have insurance little poke, uh, it poked a vein and I bled yeah Right, but but that was a freak accident. It really was. It was a freak accident. But that's how things happen in freak accidents. I mean, we all have stories of things that we did that we probably should have, we could have, and should have done something different, but we really didn't. But, but even like you said, as a homeowner. But I'm more particular about my husband getting injured. I don't want to lose my husband. Well, no. I, I don't want to. I don't want to put any attitude into anything. I probably. Say it, but I'm just completely not happy with 
the, the guy that assumed responsibility of that job. And Frankie was on, and he had those guys on the roof with 30-foot pieces of steel and no belts and no, no ropes. But, uh, but what we heard, there was a safety equipment, but but that's going to get Ultimately, investigated. whose responsibility is it? At the end of the day, who's going to who's gonna pay out? Who's responsible? They're, that's the guy that should be up there telling them. You're, you have to be responsible for yourself, but ultimately, someone else is the man in charge. And that man in charge should be overseen. You're four floors up, and the wind picked up, and you're carrying this certain type of material. That's piss poor plane. It's tragic, is what it is. Tragic. But like we said, if you're experienced, you become care not careless, just reckless. And that's why I was saying I'm using, but Rick, that's why I use you as an example. I mean, seriously, you don't wear sometimes at our house. You're jackhammering. Where's your, where's your ear equipment? Go deaf. I need a deaf husband. Come on. Huh? Yeah, you have the radio up. That's why I unplugged you. But that's why I'm saying people watch your, even at home, safety glasses. I mean, just wearing regular glasses doesn't cut it because things can fly underneath your glasses. Trust me, I'm not a handyman. I don't want to touch any equipment. Right, Rick? I'm not touching anything. I can't even lift anything. What? Right. Uh, no, I got a message that my my mic is messed up. So whoever's listening out there, if it still is, please let me know. Give me a text. It should be okay. I think it was Tim who was calling in. But back to proper safety. Hire a professional. I mean, even our own house, we looked out the window. What do we see? Two guys on a roof, one talking on the phone, the other holding a piece of wood. Still on the phone. Standing there. Yeah, so what happens? He rolls off the roof and he tumbles onto our property. Now who's liable? Exactly. And even our neighbor, we got in a war. There was a war between us. There still is. I'm sorry if she can't stand us, but you know what? She thinks she's smart as she's acting as general contractor. She's got those two guys on her roof and they're not paying attention. So I'm not happy. I mean, I called OSHA on them because I wanted them to come out and stop. Well, you don't want something to happen. Correct. I don't want to see it. That affects everyone. But back to the importance of a will. None of us, I don't know, Karen, you have a will? Yes. Oh, okay. One out of Bob, you got a will? got to sit up and talk into the mic. Maria, you got a will? No, I do not. Well, I got to tell you folks, especially ones that have kids, you know, and, and the ones that get remarried after having kids, um, if you don't have a will, your estate is not necessarily going to be left to your, your spouse. They will have to share it with your children. And if that's not what you want, what what happened? She your can't mic, hear? Your mic's not Okay, so we're gonna, Karen's gonna repeat what she said about the importance of a will. So basically what I'm saying, especially people that have been divorced and then they remarry, uh, you need to, you need to decide what you want to do because if you don't have a will, your estate's going to be shared between your children and your spouse. So if you want to leave your estate to your spouse, the fact that you're married isn't going to uh, necessarily be enough. And you really need to have a will to uh, make sure that the person that you appoint as administrator directs that your estate is distributed the way you want it to be. 
um, you know, imagine you've got minor children and then they've got money in a trust and then, you know, your, your ex-wife becomes trustee of your money. I mean, you got to think about these things. It's usually not something people want. Yeah, but what about, what about, I don't know if that's a call for us or that's just a call. Is it a call, right? I don't know. We don't know what we're doing quite yet. But back to the will, one of my girlfriends, go ahead, try. Is that a call in? Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 we, we have, have a call, call in. That is a work. Hey there. Hello. Hello. Hi, Rick. Oh, this is Tim calling in. Oh, it's Tim. It's Tim. So what's your, guys. do you have a will, Tim? My girlfriend called me and a different lawyer who told me if I don't have a will, a third of our estate's going to go to New York State. So who wants yeah, that to okay? happen? Yeah, we can hear you great, Tim. We're going to sing today. That's what it looks like. <laughs> Tina's a rock star. She sent me some pictures, man. She was a rock star. You had to see her. She had the Hold hair. On your own she had the hair, the mullet, the whole the nine mullet. years. I never had a <laughs> mullet. <laughs> No, but man, she was hot. She had all kinds of guitars and outfits. I don't know what happened to her. Now she wears these, you know, conservative suits and glasses. Oh, we lost them. But back to the will. What else can a will do, Karen, since you are doing our will? Go ahead. Uh, as I said, it just makes it very clear how you want your your assets distributed and to whom. Now you got to keep in mind. And again, there's a lot to this. So if you know people are listening in and they're thinking of doing a will, they still need to go to somebody and let them know their entire financial circumstances. But generally speaking, the things that pass through a will would be things that are just in your name alone when you die. So if you have a house just in your name, um, that would go through your estate. On the other hand, if you own that real estate with someone else, that real estate would go directly, depending on to, uh, how it's how the deed is made out to the survivor. So there's all kinds of things you can do, which is called estate planning, which includes other legal documents and uh uh, advice outside of just what gonna, is going to pass through the will. And that also goes to what we found out, like just even with Rick's aunt passed away recently, we did. I don't know how much all this stuff cost. And to find out that just a bare bones funeral, it'll cost you $20,000. Maria's shaking her head. So there's the other thing. If you don't have an insurance policy to at least cover $20,000, you're then on a GoFundMe app. And speaking of that, Frankie has a GoFundMe app. And I mean, Rick and I contributed, but there's no money there. They, they were not a family of means. And luckily they have somebody in the family who they can make payment plan to, but that doesn't normally happen. It's so- very fortunate that that person's stepping up. 
But we need insurance policies. We don't, I mean, I'm not an insurance agent. You have three? Yes. So, but now, Marie, give the phone yeah, back to him. So explain, what made you think of it? Um, go in the mic. We'll talk right in there. I have three, and basically, um, it was often once I started working at my job, um, my kids, you know, best friends were all dying in motorcycle accidents. Oh, my. And seeing what the cost of a funeral, like you said, can cost, you don't expect to wake up to hear that your no. best friend's been killed. And now the family has had to either take out mortgages on their house or pay for anything. Medical conditions, mine especially, um, made me think, I don't want my kids left with a burden of how, how are we going to pay for expenses um, for mom or anything in general. So I took the advantage. Um, my job offers me $3,000 free, you know, per kid for a year. And then um, I took out two others through two other companies. And if something were to happen to me, what they'll do is they will cut the check directly to the funeral home to pay for my expenses. And then whatever is left from all three policies, um, I have it equally divided between all three of my children. And But you don't have a will to describe this. No, but I have to because um, the two older children, they're 21 and older. The other one is still a minor child. That's um, what I'm thinking unfortunately, is... Unfortunately, we can't predict future. But you need a trust. Exactly. Um, and we call those pour-over trusts where the insurance policy is left or divided among children. One may be a minor. You want those proceeds or you want to direct the insurance company to pour over those proceeds into the trust. And then you also want to name a trustee that you trust. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to leave that up to a court. Exactly. Um, I actually have somebody in mind, and I'm actually going to be meeting with this person eventually soon to see if I can, with the new year coming, if I can make this person um, trust of my minor child's, um, you know, whatever is inherited, you know, financial-wise. Luckily for me, there's no houses, there's no cars or nothing, but, you know, I have to protect my kids. Well, you never know. You could win the lottery just before it happens, and, you know, you might have something. You never know. <laughs> this wish. is what I tell people, you know. <laughs> Don't I wish. Um, but even uh, still, money can't heal the loss of no. a family member. No, but it can you know? It can help, help them get through the grieving process yes. without having the burdens that you're describing. Oh, absolutely. But now let's speak about your perspective. What happens if you're the, the father of your child passes... Well, what would you do? I know. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, that's how probably. I'm <laughs> looking at Bob. But I mean, no. Realistically, if that did happen, what were what are you going to do now that their family wants contact? How are you going to address that? For as much whatever your personal feelings are about your ex, how how are you going to deal with that if it's the opposite? Um, okay. I definitely would allow my child still remain contact with the family um especially the father or her father's family only because you know situations are the way that they are you know the child didn't ask to be brought into this world and they have two parents you know either be together not together um she has a very close bond actually with her grandparents especially her grandfather 
inner sisters and our cousins they're like those group of kids you take anywhere and they're like in this huddle together and that's it you know um so i i wouldn't change anything in that aspect we still um thanksgiving she still spends with them because of the great-grandmother um she loves going over there and i'm and i'm not going to deny them that and i'm not going to deny her that because the end of the day all you're hurting is them and her and she didn't ask for this they didn't ask for this um do you think that i know karen just do you think that should be something people should talk about when they're going through a divorce or even even in a custody thing because absolutely. you don't know what's going to happen absolutely right what happens if a person passes away what are you going to do? You're going to fight it now with the, the relatives? Exactly. Well, well, the way it would work is the biological parent would normally uh, get the, um, would normally be oh, able to just step right in, in place. Um, but you never know. In some circumstances, the parent might not even want to. So it's still always good to name it in the event that the biological parent is unwilling or unable to name someone, to still name someone as like a contingency. And what we have to do is just break really quickly, tell everybody we are live, that you can call in at 315, we'll try it again, 656-2231, 315-656-2231. You're listening to Karen Kanzadian, Tina Bennett, Rick Foley, and our guests, Maria and Bob, to give their perspectives of what we're talking about another calling so we got to figure out how to do it so again you're listening live to wvoa hey there go ahead oh it's tim again t-i-m i know but that, but okay since it's tim why don't you tell us who we are and give out the phone numbers people need to call and realizing that this is possibly construed as attorney advertising you know my phone number I hope. I'll do it for you, Tim. Tina loves putting people on the spot. This is like one of her favorite things. This is, you're listening to Face to Face. We're, we're live on WVOA 87.7. You can call in at 315-656-2231. Tina, Tina uh, Bennett it can be reached at 315-407. Dad's at 315-407-3236. I can re- you can reach me if you need an attorney in the in, in at 315-724-2900. Um, this is not to be this is a show is to be construed as legal advertising. We're talking a lot about legal issues that affect people, but we don't want you to necessarily rely on anything you hear today because everyone's circumstances are different. So if you do have something that you need an attorney for, call one. Um, Rick, it was t- we were talking about earlier. Uh, uh, we were talking about earlier safety in the workplace, which led us to untimely deaths, and uh, we were we're now discussing wills and the need for a will. And we're on with Tim T I M, who called in and wants to talk about his circumstances. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah. All right. So just so you know, Karen, your mic is still not active, right? Uh, so one thing, like in my situation, you know, He's not working. Right. What's going to happen to your son? What's the contingency 
for for your kids be considering she just got out of having supervised contact with your kid how does that work well exactly so now I, and i'm not kidding when i say i've thought about this you know do i have any say or any legal standpoint that i have to say you know listen i don't want her to have my son can i put somebody else in place to have my son but, but i would never keep the other family away he's very very close to his grandparents he has an amazing relationship with all of the family right so maybe that's like with maria like in terms of planning if either one if either something happens to them they need to put in there what the contingency is and and in your circumstance there needs to be a contingency and that might be his parents so you need to have I mean her parents you need to have that chat with them yeah cuz i mean that that you know I mean, like Rick said you know, these things aren't for me it's just tragic it's tragic we don't you have want to talk no you know the way the friend you Thirty-three years old. You know, you never think that's going to happen. Can you hear me okay now, Tim? I can. Yeah. All right. I'm using the main mic. I, I, you can hear Tina okay? I can hear Tina fine. Okay. And the, and speaking of that, there wasn't there wasn't any contingency. What's the contingency that they thought? Everybody's so young that there's no contingency, right? Exactly. Right, right. You know right. there was no contingency. We never had this discussion you here. Say is right, Tina. No, right. Exactly. Exactly. The only other thing I want to add is if you got an estate also that's, you know, up there in assets, you might have uh, significant amounts of investments and money. You might need something different than an ordinary will. That's why I say don't don't just, you know, go online and um, you know, pick something out and plug in the information because this is about, about an estate plan, not just, you know, a will. And you want to make sure if you need other types of trusts um, that can avoid uh, negative tax consequences and, and your money going places you don't want it to go, you need to talk to somebody with an expertise in that as well. But maybe find like I, I all. But most of us, I mean, Karen, you 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 talk in layman's terms. I do. It, what? Just it, the whole the whole thing with the I don't know. In my perspective of it. Uh, the whole thing with the will, I, I can see where people tend to not want to deal with it because they just don't want to deal with it. I know like, you don't do want to deal, deal with, with it? it. It's like the end. Why do I want to deal with the end <laughs> now? I'm not even close to that. You know what I mean? Um, I know I, you I don't, just, but my mother keeps reminding uh, me, you know, saying you're it's rich proper and it, it really needs to be done, and I think it should be. I think it should become mandatory. I really do. Uh, that you know, look, the government puts their nose in everything else. They should do the right thing sometimes. And, actually direct people to do the right thing but you need plan. to put it it but not only plan it you have to like you said maybe it's a discussion that happens when you're in high school how about this you don't have to plan to go out to procreate you don't have to go out and plan you don't even have to plan it could just happen yeah hey, i met you at the bar and all of a sudden we got a kid but you, you don't have to you know they could just that's really willy-nilly but you know you really need to have a will yeah, but I'm license, saying, look, with us, die. like you just said, the avoidance, but and in, in, in how Karen's saying, it's kind of complicated, and most people don't want to be talked right. at. They want to understand it. So, you know, even with me, that phone call I got from Gloria, she dumbed it down and basically said, here's what's going to happen if you don't do it. So even when you're sitting with somebody, I don't want somebody. You, know, you have to look I, at what, Tim? 
I definitely agree with what you're saying. You know, in my own experience, my mother got sick a couple years ago. And we didn't plan for her to have cancer. We didn't plan. And actually, we thought it was very treatable. My parents never had a will. But thankfully, my mother was on that line for the that she was passing, that they could set everything up. My father immediately, they're young people, I mean, they're only 56, 57, so my father immediately went out and did all the work, and even he said, it is so confusing, and so, you know, trying, because you don't want to think about your own demise, but once he went through and set up the will and set up everything and, and divided it out, it does give a great piece of mind well, you know, you bring up something really, really important, Tim. That is, you know, the the role of the children and the caregivers when something happens to the to the not only your will is important, but making sure that your parents have one and talking to them about it, um, <clears throat> and also a healthcare proxy and also possibly powers of attorney because wills are fine for dictating what happens after after your death, but they don't take care of what happens if you become incapacitated and you need people to make decisions over your property and over your, your person um, while you're still alive. And and speaking of property, look what I got here. And See that, him? Yeah, you you need to make plans for your pets. Your pets. You cannot just let your pets go to where? A shelter? This, my snozzle here, if something happened to Rick and I, he cannot go to see, some horrible place. You should see the look Snazzle's giving me. It's like, you know, you can, he looks like he can understand what we're talking about, and the fear, the fear is over his face. And Rick and I fly <laughs> all the time and travel. I mean, God forbid no, anything happens. he happened. would never be as spoiled anywhere else, and Snazzle knows it. Don't worry, Tina. I would take good care of Snazzle. Yeah, but a dog is considered property, people. Remember that. He's not a human. You know, he's not just going to automatically get taken care of your bird. If you have a parrot, you know, think about before you own a parrot. A parrot could live 70 years. They could outlive you. You better start making plans, long-term plans for your pets. Don't worry, Tina. My bird is coming to you. I am going to will it to you. Hey, I, I just got to cut in here real quick. Um, I'd just like to let everybody know uh, there's a, a vote going to be oh, in the town of Clay. Town of Clay Judge vote for Jeff Shiano. Um, Jeff's a great guy. He's legit. Uh, get out there and vote. Let your, let your voice be heard. So go ahead, Karen. So tell us who we are again, and then talk about Rick. We're live, face-to-face -face on WVOA with Tina Bennett and Karen Kanzini and Rick Foley. And we're and our mascot. And, and Schnauzel. And we're here to talk about uh, legal issues and how they affect us personally, professionally, and uh, sometimes we agree, sometimes we disagree. Today we are talking about safety in the workplace and the, um, the, the need for a will and an escape plan and possibly powers of attorney in the event something happens. Um, and uh, you need somebody to take care of you and you want it done by a person that you really trust. And these are all things we don't think about when we're young. Uh, sometimes our parents haven't thought of it. So those of you that do have elderly parents, it's time to get them out and to uh, deal with this so these decisions are made and they can get them behind them. And for those young people that think something may never happen, you need to think about it too. 
18, you're an adult, even though New York State says 21. So when you're 18, you do have choices. You know, don't think that you don't have a choice. What are you going to say, Rick? You just look at Bob hasn't had an opinion. I know, Bob. What's your opinion on all of this? What Step up Bob? to the mic. What about Bob? Oh, yeah, what about Bob? Are you uh, Bill Murray today? No, I'm not Bill Murray. Who's speaking to the mic? Tell him, what do you do for a living? I'm a utility, uh, corrosion inspection uh, for local Syracuse. What, what's that mean? What's your, is your job hazardous? Uh, yes, it is. I work around gas, gas pipings, underground utilities, overhead, transmission lines, walking so there's all kinds of safety procedures and things that you have to follow and adhere to yes we always try to go home in the same same condition as it left in in the morning right what i here what kind of safe <laughs> what kind of safe do you wear safety equipment gloves describe your dress up well, my dress up is PPE. I wear a hard hat, safety glasses, gloves. Um, I have electric boots to keep you up from static electricity. Um, long pants, uh, short sleeve or long sleeve. We have to spray ourselves down for ticks. Um, very important. Uh, yeah, Lyme disease is very heavy in this, in this county, especially in that county. Northern. Be aware. Yeah, spray yourself. Check yourself. Um, Hazards, uh, you got the cones out, you got the lights going on our trucks, uh, traffic, you never know what could happen. Coming to our safety zone. It's your, it's oh, your yeah. job, Speaking it's your work environment, traffic. It's, your, it's, your, it's your business, you know, yeah. where you're working, it's on the job. But that that's one thing you can't plan for. If you're out on the side of the road, are people moving over like the, the new law says? If you see somebody on the shoulder, you need to move one lane over? People yeah, are here, they are? They have been, yes. Even I do it myself, so... That's good. What about the out-of-staters? Yeah, have you noticed? There's no notice. Sorry. Here, we're going to go back and forth. I could be wrong, but I thought it was nationwide for them to move over. For I thought so, too. It's Amber, not. Amber lights. But they don't. They don't. I, I see it happen all the time. They stay right in that outside lane. They, 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 that's dangerous. Yeah, they get in their tunnel vision. Yeah, and then they're distracted to begin with because who knows what people are doing nowadays when they're driving. It's Cell phones just, it's, or it's, Whatever. <laughs> There's all kinds of crazy things people are doing now. Technology. Well, and you have young children at home, and you said that you didn't have a will either, right? No, I don't have a will, but I do have my finances separated at, uh, through work. I have the beneficiaries, you know, 50-50, already run down. Um, I started this job after I was divorced, so I didn't have my ex involved. However, you're still going to need to start in the state and appoint an administrator. They will want to see letters of authority before they distribute anything. You very well may still need a will, and you may want to be in charge of who's in charge of that. Well, that's good to know. And then, since we don't have... <laughs> but remember, Just this is not our expertise of law. This is That's why we're saying, or even Rick, you know, there's people who practice certain areas of law. A do-it-all attorney doesn't know it all. And I'm going to say it again. You may win the lotto. I try every time. Okay, you may win, and then the next day, oops, you know, that yeah. wasn't your lucky day the next day. But it could. And, you know, or you could inherit a bunch of money. Um, you just don't know what can happen, and you've got that safety net if you have it in writing. Well, that's the thing, too. I have, I'm going to be an inheritance, but I have 
I and my brother are in charge of a trust for my parents for the properties that they have, so they don't lose it going to their one half is end up in a home. Exactly. So I have to take care of that, and my brother has to take care of that. Good point. Some of these trusts, when you're older, um, can avoid uh, consequences of you losing your assets in the event you wind up in, in long-term care. Right, so I have to get something settled. And that's the other issue. Why, why are families going to lose everything just to go into long-term care? Marie, you're a nurse, right? Or something like that? Oh, no. What did you do? I thought you were like a nurse. No, no. Um, Speak <clears throat> into the mic. Nobody can hear you. No, I work for um, the New York State Department of Health um, for the Medicaid aspect. And I, I've heard families say that, um, you know, when they've had to put like their parents or somebody in a home because they typically cannot take care of their parents, that they have to sign over everything to the state. And everything, that, like say a house has been in the family for... 20 generations or something, you know, that was your mother's, grandmother's, grandmother's house, and now the state has it, and, you know, that's, do you really want something like that? Um, people need to think about some things. Um, luckily for me, I don't have any estates. <laughs> you know, but, but there is one thing that does rack my brain all the time, is that I have three children, two of them are definitely adults, over 21, one is a minor child. If the other parent seek custody because right now I have still custody. Um, what's going to happen into the relationship she has with her older brother and sister? Is the other parent going to allow her other siblings, meaning my children, because they're not part of his family, to see her, visit her, you know, stuff like that. That, that racks that every day in now that I hear about the will and stuff like that, it's definitely something that we have, that everybody who has children, I don't care how old they are, should really look into getting done. Because I know my daughter, she has a very close relationship with her brother and sister, and his side of the family too. So, it's... I know if it came to my time to expire, at least I want to know that everybody's mind is at peace, especially hers. But how are you going to do at peace when court creates conflict, right? I'll come back on the dead. No, <laughs> no but I'm saying no. there's nothing in place. Family. She sounded serious. <laughs> no, but you're, you're right on that. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I think the court's... And this is my opinion. I'm not a lawyer. I, I mean, I'm very opinionated when it comes to some things. I feel that the courts need to not let family, family lawyers, put their own opinion into what should happen. Because now, not only do you have a dragged out case, you're wasting judges' time. You're wasting everybody's time doing family damage exactly but anyways I think they should treat their family as an individual instead of just treating it all as a cookie cutter well, well we're not all families are all the same we all wish everybody, some can think like that but unfortunately that's not the case um I've seen it happen with my own eyes 
that's why. Um, but you're seeing it as it's set up to be highly adversarial, right? Correct. But there's sometimes, look, not all lawyers are the same either, but they can't, they cannot, com- not, it's not compete. They can't negotiate in a rational manner if the other side, all they care about is being that client, hostile or not, or right, something like that. Is that what you mean? They're going to create conflict for no reason other than to create conflict. Exactly. And it's conflict that's not needed. Um, Definitely, like, in a real brief, my situation, I'm going to be honest with you. Marie's been on our show before for our listeners that have been listening in. This is Maria. She was uh, told her entire compelling, very compelling story um, right along these lines when she was with us a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, I, I wanted to keep things simple. It's basically for my own well-being, the other parents, and the child. There's no need for confrontation. There's no need of anything. Um, I allow my daughter to go to her grandparents whenever she asks to. She still sees her father whenever she asks, wants to. Um, I'm not gonna lie, yes, I have some stipulations on some things, but other than that, if anybody were to go up and say, have you ever been denied any rights or anything? I can guarantee you she's gonna tell you no, because in spite of my personal opinion and how I feel, it's not how she feels. She can't be punished because of a wrongful situation or outsiders trying to make it a very confrontational situation that does not need to be. Right, and I know you. Rick knows you. We know who the people involved are. I know you. (laughs) You do. But Maria could actually be that person that we're against who could put the hammer down and, and lock contact out for the other parent. She has every reason to do it. Right? You could be that, but you don't. No. You got the personality to do it. (laughs) I do, but you know what? At the end of the day, you know, it's important that kids have relationships with both parents and both families. Because in the long run, I've seen it. Like, personally, myself, I'm, you know, just, I consider myself a single parent. Am I so grateful for her grandparents? Absolutely, because they help me anytime. Oh, Madison child decided last minute oh I want to get picked up from the sitters today okay that's great I call them and they're right there to pick her up or I have to work late or I have to go out to go to another county for work for hearings and stuff can you yes absolutely so I'm grateful that and that's why it's always 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 important that if you're going to have family input it, but it needs to be positive, not negative. And it needs to be about the kids. And I think one of the things that Maria talked a lot about the last time she was here, and what I think Tina's uh, not, not so subtly alluding to, is that the attorneys make it about their parties. The attorneys make it about the, their, mother, their mother or the father or whoever they are representing. And the focus on the children gets completely lost in the mudslinging that occurs between the parents. And the weaponization of the children, courts and these uh, law guardians, just the system in general, um, uh, strategic weaponizing of children, it really is. So, but Maria, how do you think, you've gone through it a couple times, you have the two older kids, so I'm assuming you went through it with your first ex, but how could we change it? Give your opinion to us, 
you know. How we can change it, I believe, would be listen to the child. Yeah, but us as attorneys, how can the family court, how can the process? You got any idea oh, on a solution? Huh? Oh, you stumped me on that one. <laughs> I, I'm listening to my child, and that's why I'm here talking to Tina. <laughs> I, I have a suggestion. You know, you got to look around at what they do in other states. Um, they look them. No, there's, oh. there's mandatory mediation sometimes. Yeah, but they're trying to do that now, but mediation without without knowledge, what I'm are you going to well, get? Well, no, I'm talking about mediation with, with the attorneys, that there's a panel that they put together. Um, in particular, let me just give you an example. In Michigan, where I practiced for seven years, in a divorce case. Now, custody was a little different, but they had an entire investigative agency that did a real investigation. They weren't attorneys for the children. They were a friend of the court. They were an agency um, that was designated all about just doing a fair and impartial investigation and bringing out the facts about each parent and what and and the ch and the children. And the court, could, uh, they are subject to cross-examination, uh, cross but the court gets to read the report, the parties get to read their report, it helps in the settling of the case. Um, the other thing they do in Michigan, in, in a, they did when I was practicing there, which was quite a few years ago, um, they had a mandatory mediation for divorce cases and property settlements. And what they would do is, your attorney would pick somebody, their attorney would pick somebody, another attorney. And those two attorneys would pick a neutral. I know you're talking so fast. And those two attorneys, would, well, that, that's not hard to do sometimes because right, <laughs> right, right. I'm gonna, I'll try to slow down. But the, bottom line, attorneys, the bottom line is that they make the attorneys pick a mediator of their choice to go on a panel. Those two attorneys then pick a neutral. And the neutral makes the decision, but they all have representation on the mediation panel. So there is a combination of advocacy and fair and impartial arbitration. What happens is the teeth in it and how they made it work and how they ended up settling 99% of their cases is that if you went to court, if you disregarded the recommendation of the mediator and you went to court and did not do that well as well as that recommendation, you had to pay the other side's attorney fees. Well, that's one way, so but that's complicated. So other, not really. It's not really. Well, look, Maria's got an opinion. Come on. Well, that doesn't always work because, you know, sometimes when they're a family lawyer and uh, they can send them a bill, but what if their attorney fees, they don't need to pay their attorney. So the other parents is stuck paying a ton of attorney fees to make sure everything comes out equally and fair versus the other parents. No, they don't do that for children. The thing they do okay. with children is they have an entire agency, not DSS, an entire agency designated with the responsibility of investigating what, uh, what is going on with the parents and the children in a fair and impartial manner and make a, they don't even make recommendations, they might make recommendations, but that, that report, so it's a custodial evaluation that in every case is ordered and in every case goes to the parties in the court so that um, the, the attorneys uh, aren't, aren't just throwing out evidence at hearings. These, these issues have already been brought up and investigated. And if you don't like it, you can bring in your own investigator. No attorney fees involved. But you would be surprised when a full and fair investigation is made of all the issues. Blah, 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 blah. You're talking so the, fast, and Karen. What, and, what the ch and what the children want, um, how, how often that takes the 
the wind out of the sails of a lot of the attorneys wanting to advocate for one party. I know, but it's another cost. I'm saying a lot of stuff can stop if more attorneys are trained not to be so Good adversarial. Luck. No, no, not to be so adversarial and family. They have to be, Tina. No, 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 no. But, but I'm, they have to be. Their job, and ethically, under our rules, is you have to zealously represent the position of your parties. You so can you, zealously represent, but you don't have to scream in court. You, you don't have to belittle the other side. Well, that's a different story. No, but that's Obviously what I'm within the bounds of the law. But to expect, <laughs> a, but to have a system like we have, as opposed to what I'm describing, if you have a system, an adversarial system that we have, you can't expect an attorney not to go to every length that they possibly can for their client. That shouldn't happen in family court, I agree. And you know, attorneys, maybe there should be a different system, but the one we've got, that's the one we have. And you can't expect the attorneys to, to be different. Then they're not meeting their responsibilities to their clients. On the other hand, there's always room for negotiations and settlement. That's where I think the real skill comes in in family court. All right, so back to something else, because I have to talk about Nick Martino. He's a lovely, no, because look at Snozzle today. He's a senior pet, he's super calm, and he sits here like a baby, right? We can all agree that Snozzle doesn't move, because we saw something on Facebook, somebody abandoned their, their you must have seen that Facebook oh, post too, horrible. in Utica, it they abandoned their, Pitbull in an apartment left, and I guess the they, and they on. left the radio on super loud, so you couldn't hear the dog scratching and barking to get out. So I guess a neighbor downstairs, somebody went there and brought the pitbull into their living space, and I guess now a, some, a report was made. But in the meantime, there was pictures on Facebook where the the pitbull basically destroyed the apartment because he was left there with no food. No water, nothing. And then I think the lady said the, the poor pit bull was even blind because he couldn't see. But yeah, it, it's in that Facebook thing that I, I saw. So it's real. So I don't know what Rick just did. But back to this Snozzle's a rescue. Nobody's abused him, obviously. <laughs> you got to train your dog. I mean, Look, Karen, come on. You have pit bulls. Are they going to lay in your lap and you're pass talking, out? You're talking too fast. <laughs> <laughs> Tina, you're not talking really... fast enough. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I can't comprehend. Come on, Karen. Honestly, so I have pit bulls, and I have um, two. One is actually now with my in-laws, or soon-to-be ex-in-laws, and I have a current pit bull. I have two pit bulls also. And honestly, he's just a big old baby. He so wraps himself up, he gets his bath, he takes himself out in the living room, twirls himself up in a blanket, and puts his head down like he's ready for his nap, and he gets a snack before bed. He is literally just like one of my children. So, and they love children. Oh, they do. And, you know, people say pit bulls are, are bad and horrible dogs. Think of it this way. Do you raise your child to be a caring, sensitive, you know, normal child? That's how you would raise your pit bull. Or do you want to raise your pit bull to be a street fighter? If you were a part of a street gang, that's how you're going to raise your pit bull. That's what Snozzle is. Snozzle is, he's a yeah, purebred he's, street he's, fighter. He is. He's a huge street fighter. Snozzle's Look at him. Snozzle's a boss. <laughs> he's, he's vicious. He's vicious. Be careful. So... Again, raising your pets is exactly how you'd want to raise your children. And you wouldn't abandon your children like these people. That, those, and Rick would probably agree, 
She left your pets? Well, then you don't, if you, well, then she should have a license to own a dog. You need to be like, hey, 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 at all points, look, I'll keep bringing it up. I love it. Rick wants to change it. it because then if you were licensed to populate, there would be rules and regulations of how you were to raise your children. Think there would be step-by-step guidelines. And you're looking around. There was a license to have a child. Most of the people sitting at the intersections that you're going, come on, put your phone down, dumb, dumb, you're in traffic, you can wait. People like that probably wouldn't be around. And speaking to the people who are on their phone, now remember that. That's why all of us, Karen excluded because she already has one, we need a will. These people are hazardous. They've got their faces down. You don't know it. Look, even with you, you're on the road too. Just drive to the gas I got station. Hit. I got hit six months ago, four months ago, sitting at an intersection at a stop sign because someone was distracted, blew the stop sign at the intersection. I thought they were going to go straight, but instead they cut a hard left right into me. Well, I'm just sitting there. I was on the phone with Ashley when it happened. Oh, that's right. But were you on hands-free? I was on hands-free. I'm sitting at the intersection saying to her, Ashley, this woman doesn't see me. I don't know what to do. She's going to, maybe she's going to go by. She's going to run into me. Ashley, she's going to hit me. That's exactly how it went down. And I just sat there and watched the whole thing happen. It was awful. And the woman was driving a huge, um, I want to say, blazer, one of those big GMC uh, and I was in a, 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 a Kia Sported, a Kia, a tiny Kia. Yeah, imagine if it was a tractor trailer guy, driver. Un- I was demolished. I was, my car was. Yeah. I, I was lucky. Right, Karen. So if Ashley, it was a tractor trailer driver. Ashley put a cloak of safety over me or something. But um, I, uh, it, I was very lucky. Well, I had my seatbelt on, and I was very lucky. Right, but if it was, it was a bigger terrible. vehicle, it wouldn't have been the that same That could outcome. have been really tragic. That could have been really bad. And I'm telling you, I watched her talking. So we're going to wrap up what we talked about today. Our friend, Frankie Torsha, church services tomorrow, 10 o'clock, Mohawk Valley Church. Two, you need a will. Three, be safe on any type of work site where you might be injured, such as your home. Don't work with a circular saw or even a hammer. You could hurt yourself. And three, we all need wills, especially if you have young children. And you're listening live to WVOA, Tina Bennett. You can call me, 315-407-DADS, Karen Kanzadian. Call her at, I was going to give out her cell phone number. You can. No, here. 315-724-2900. And then there's my husband, Rick, so that way you don't have a contractor waiting two months to get your job done, 315-416-2800. And thank you to Maria, and thanks to Rob for joining us today. Robert, cheaper is not always better. Rest in peace, Frankie. (coughs) That was a good catch. They disturbed him. (laughs) So listen to this.